Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert. We greet you from the Promised Land, the Middle East, the final sector of war and of the resurrection of the dead, the return of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is where it's all began. This is where it's all going to end. So we greet you from this area of the world, this beautiful January morning. I know many of you are snowed in, frozen in, enduring cold, cold winter that has settled into northern Europe and to North America. And just now in Israel, we're starting to feel the cold starting to come in. Not as cold as where you guys are, but definitely unseasonable cold. This is a great time of year to press in, especially in January, as you start to build your base. You build your base of what God is speaking you to do for the next 12 months, to seek Him. Hallelujah. And I am really thankful for all that God has done in making these broadcasts available to you guys. Uh, This is a labor of love. We uh, do our best to get alone with God early in the morning and just maturate, incubate, marinate, hallelujah, in his presence. And he begins to give us a word. And as we go into the Bible, as we begin to study out the text, we see the dynamics of this word. We see the dots connected, hallelujah. And it's in this place of divine revelation, divine inspiration, that these early morning manna comes off to you guys. And it's been a real joy to share these with you. Hallelujah. Uh, my job is to encourage and equip you guys to be warriors in this hour, to be people uh, of the Spirit, to be of the wind, windward believers, glory to God, to stay out of carnality, stay out of sin and compromise. And so the word of the Lord is coming directly out of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord that we should live by. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And this is the time of year. A lot of people are looking for a word from heaven. A lot of people are looking to hear, okay, what is God saying in this hour? And, you know, there's lots of turmoil, lots of shakings, earthquakes, Haiti, rumors of war, especially here in the Middle East famines, plagues, and Jesus said in Matthew 24, this is just the beginning of the birth pangs, okay? This is just the beginning, so we need to equip ourselves with endurance. We need to recalibrate in this hour. Let me give you a couple, some of our resources that you um, may not be aware of. Um, We're trying our best to figure out what is the best technology to send updates to you guys that is a real-time environment and something happens in the counter-terrors and something happened that needs prayer here in Israel. And so what we've done is we've just um, basically incorporated a Twitter homepage on flashfloods.com. So if you go to flashfloods.com, scroll to the bottom, you'll see these updates that come out. You can sign up for those updates to get them. And these are just, you know, within 140 words, so to speak, quick updates, real-time reconnaissance, 
prophetically what God is doing, what the operations that we're geared toward. It's not a Twitter account talking about, oh, I went to the store today and I ate this kind of ice cream and whatever. No, these are <laughs> this is updates for tactical Holy Ghost operations. Hallelujah. And it's very exciting to be able to provide that for you. Also, we have um, earlymorningmana.com. Uh, you guys know that our website is flashfloods.com. But if you go on, you'll see, uh, click through to earlymorningmana.com. And this is the archive. This is the archive page of all the early morning manas we send out. And this is not something I'm going to be erasing, okay? Because I'm not just doing a blog page and after a year or two years erase it and make room for a new blog. This is not a blog page. This is an archive of early morning manna, of tactical trainings, hallelujah, to bring forth the Word of God, to equip the army of God in this hour. And there's a lot of stuff, different titles here, the Hebrew antibiotic, the paralysis of analysis, um, um, (laughs) Monday morning blues, the scum of the earth, the two bumper stickers, conflict resolutions, are you overcoming the first strike capability of the enemy, Um, special ops at the Canadian Parliament, the specialist, watch out for busyness, okay, living Clorox, uh, the most overlooked prayer in modern Christendom, the IV to rehydrate. Okay, so there's just some catchy little titles God gives me of truths, glory to God. And I encourage you guys to go to that page and enjoy this page because it's really a great place to recalibrate yourself. Um, glory to God. And it's not so much updates personally about what we're, what's happening here with us and our family and what God's doing. It's really, it's really tactical, okay? It's a tactical... And um, glory to God. It's great to be able to present that stuff to you. Folks, we put a lot of money, a lot of time and effort into the website. There's a whole bunch of resources here, all types of good videos. Um, You'll see not just our our itinerary and operations, but the ministry developments, um, warrior training, okay? It's all interconnected. The podcasts that are now coming out, the video and audio podcast. Uh, the bookstore, the items we have at the bookstore to help your faith, uh, and also the Spirit-Filled Fitness page, which we've recently been working on to get you guys into top physical shape in your bodily temple to run this race. Hallelujah. So again, um, I just hope you guys can can catch the vision of what's being built out here, um, a internet portal, so to speak, to feed your faith to give you a refreshing, give you an oil change, to encourage you to lift up your hands, to give you um, training in righteousness and purity and holiness. Glory to God. You can visit the uh, atmospheric disturbances and other signs and wonders uh, page we have and see some of the signs and wonders that have been happening. And uh, glory to God. Of course, the mystery of lawlessness book is available online in PDF form, as is the gentle whisper of a secret place in PDF form. So you can download those and read those at your leisure. So the whole purpose of this site is to be really rivers in the desert. And I'm so excited because we've had another major outbreak of the main river in the desert system in the Aravah Yeshimon deserts of Israel. Uh, you heard the last podcast, Dalit and I went there the day after the flooding. I was just amazed at the power and the enormity of this. Uh, they're now coming forth. The uh, meteorologists are now saying this is the greatest amount of rainfall in the area of the desert ever recorded in Israel's history. We're talking about one day more rainfall than 10 years of history alone in the city of Elat. 
So in the nor- northern Negev Plateau, um, there was so much flooding. There, there were so many uh, roads that were closed, and especially the uh, Nachal Paran, Nachal Tzion, Nachal Arava, these um, rivers were flooded to the maximum flood stage. Just amazing. So what does that say to us? Well, there are scriptures that target this. When the ancient river system, okay, is prophesied about in Isaiah, is flooded, which is very, very, very rare, okay? It's a sign that God is doing something new. I'll read those scriptures again to you. Um, the Arava Nachal system, of course, is Isaiah 35 about the, the, the desert blossoming and rejoicing. And this is a sign of the highway of holiness, glory to God, and the redeemed of the Lord returning to that area. And supernatural miracles breaking out, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing. Isaiah 43 also brings out the same desert, uh, northern Arava, which is the Yeshimon Desert. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I do something new. Now I shall spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I'll make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And that word desert there is the Yeshimon Desert, which is very rare for it to have rivers there. Okay, and the purpose of this, uh, not only is this all creation, the beasts of the field and the jackals and the archers begin to glorify God, but the main purpose of this was to give rivers or give drink to his chosen people, that's you and I, that we may declare his highest praise. So we've been formed for his purpose, to praise him. So the first thing that we need to do in making changes, the first thing we need to do in this update coming out to you this end of January is we need to become people of praise and worship like never before. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what lion's den you're caught in. It doesn't matter if you're about to be thrown into the, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the, the fiery furnace. It doesn't matter financially what's happening. It doesn't matter if your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme. Okay, Don't yield to the urge within you to give up right now. This is the time, hallelujah, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. This is the time for you and I to begin to lift up the sacrifice of praise, okay? Because there is a new move of the Holy Spirit coming. How do I know that? Well, first of all, the scripture declares it. Number two, I know through my own personal devotional life, being in the ministry for 30 years, that in the 89-90 winter came massive flooding into Israel, not quite as much in the Yishimon Desert as we saw a few weeks ago, but still significant. And out of that came this incredible move of revival, renewal across the, the face of the earth through the churches. It was pretty encouraging to drink of water. I remember at that time at a conference, and I began to share with some of the ministries, especially one of the ministers that live here in Israel, about, hey, listen, the Yishimon Desert's flooded. Something new's about to happen. And they looked at me like, you know, well, so what? Big deal. And unfortunately... Um, there is a lot of people that do not get ready when God does something. You know, God's people, unfortunately, sometimes are stubborn, stiff-necked, uh, resilient to change, okay, and not pliable and ready to jump on board like children to the new thing God's saying. So without a doubt, how can we be ready? Uh, I know this because as I've studied 
revival history, as I've studied biblical literature, as I've been in the ministry for 30 years, without a doubt the focal point of everything that God does in the earth begins in Israel. Israel is the clock piece. It's the time. It's the barometer for what God does worldwide. I love the old war horse, Lester Sumrall. He said he comes to Israel once a year to pray just to find out what God was going to do in the earth. So hallelujah, he had a pretty good track record. So as we're here in Israel and we're praying and we see this massive uh, desert, dry, wadi system break out with flash floods and rivers the size of the Mississippi, hallelujah, the prophet enjoins us not to call to mind the former things. Now, that's going to be difficult because many people who have tasted the old wine don't want the new. Many people are satisfied with their quote quote Christianity or satisfied with their where their prayer life's at, is satisfied with the blessings of God, satisfied where they're at, don't tell me to change, don't tell me to, you know, become more uh, energetic for the things of God, don't tell me I need to go and do this more. Well, um, you know, I'm not the one telling you, it's the Holy Spirit telling you. And what the Holy Spirit is saying through his word, do not call to mind the former things. Don't sit there and just enjoy the new wine that you have, the old wine, excuse me. There is some fresh wine being poured out, and that means for us we have to let go of the past. Let the past be the past at last. That's for somebody out there listening right now. You have to let the past be the past at last. Hallelujah. And that's something very, very difficult because we all keep archives of photos you know, mementos of degrees, certificates, um, you know, watershed experiences we've had. And it's interesting that Paul, at the end of his life, he says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward what lies ahead in Philippians. And it's a very strong word in the Greek language, pressing forward. It's like an athletic contest, wrestling, you're pressing towards this goal. Okay, so if you're a person looking for comfort, you're not going to find this door. Okay, you've got to be a person aggressively wanting to seize the kingdom of God, seize the promises of God that he has for you in this hour. Hallelujah. And get that fight built up within you. Glory to God, this fight of faith. It's a good fight of faith, Paul said to Timothy. But anyway, it's difficult if you've arrived at a place of the blessings of the Lord to forget those blessings. Now, everybody wants to forget the failures and the disappointments and the mistakes and the sorrows and the, <laughs> all the problems and the balagon, okay, that you self-inflicted upon ourselves or whatever happened, okay? And everybody wants to forget that and move forward, okay? That's not a problem. That's not a problem to be forgiven by the blood of Jesus, okay, and to let his blood cleanse us from all unrighteousness, okay? But... How about his blood cleansing us from the unrighteousness of good works? Okay, it's not by works we're saved, it's by faith. How about cleansing us from all of this uh, resume material? Okay, becoming um, legends in our own mind. Or how about this, allowing the blood of Jesus cleanse us back to that place of nothingness, that we've done nothing. I know nothing is that Jesus and him crucified. Hallelujah. The only thing I'll boast in is the cross. Glory to God. And we get back to that place of simplicity, that place of recalibration, that place of desperation, that place of ground zero in our hearts. Hallelujah. And you know what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters. You know where the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches and the pride of life, okay, and the self, self-centered self consumer 
world that we live in today, okay? And the inordinate amount of TV and entertainment and the internet and wrong relationships and friends and, and well, you name it. It goes on and on and on and on. And how that will weigh down, okay? And keep you from this ground zero place in your heart. The ground zero. Maybe we'll just call today's broadcast the ground zero <laughs> of our hearts. Glory to God. Anyway, in this ground zero place is where we need to make the change. And the change is hit the delete button and forget the past. Now, when you get ready to hit the delete button, your mind will come up out of fear and say, are you sure you want to delete this file? Would you like to do a backup? And you have to say no. And what you're deleting is not just the sorrows and the problems of the past. You are now deleting all the victories and all the successes. Why? Because you're starting to a place of not remembering the former things or pondering things in the past. You're back into a desert place. You're back into a new situation. <clears throat> it's like coming out of Egypt. Israel had 400 years of slavery, and they knew nothing except slavery and building things for Pharaoh. And they came into a situation where everything had to be provided for them. I'm heading into the desert this weekend uh, to sound the shofar. Glory to God. To partake in the Israeli Ironman race, to also in that time to be going along the Egyptian border, sounding the trumpet, glory to God, and in that place of sounding the trumpet, coming against the drug smuggling, the human trafficking, the prostitutes, um, the terrorist weapons, etc., that are coming through from the Bedouin tribes, the nomadic tribes in the Sinai wilderness, are being paid quite a hefty price by uh, underground mafia, by uh, Sudanese uh, Muslims, by Al-Qaeda, Hamas, etc. These different groups are paying these nomadic Bedouin to bring prostitutes, to bring illegal drugs, to bring weapons and terrorists themselves across the porous border. And it's gotten so bad now that even the Israeli government has talked of building a huge uh, wall, security fence, from one end of the border to the next, from Gaza all the way down to a lot. Okay, because of this problem. And we're going to be going down there to blow the shofar, hallelujah, against that. Glory to God. But going back to this place, it's in the desert, in the place, in this desert that I'm going to this weekend. There's nothing that's there. I'm talking about, there's nothing, folks. I mean, there's, you have to have God's provision or you'll die out there. And it's in that place that God had to do something out of nothing. He made something new out of nothing. And he took the people out of a situation they had been used to, delivered them. And still people wanted to go back to their regimented lifestyles, even if it meant slavery, because they did, could not walk day by day by the mystery of faith. Okay, And so you say all the stuff that's happening on earth, isn't it horrible? And, you know, I got into a conversation with somebody recently. I said, you know, what we're going through right now is a testing. And they, oh, I wouldn't say this is a test. You know, this is the devil, you know, doing this in the world system and all this stuff. I said, well, that's not the point. The point is, this is a test, Jesus said, that's coming on the earth. And we have to have strength to escape this test. Okay? So the first thing we need to do, ground zero in our hearts is do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Ground zero, yes, is godly sorrow. Yes, it is repentance. It's all those other things. But according to what the prophet says, ground zero, 
when something new begins. It comes out of a place where you are no longer thinking of the past. You are no longer, you know, people say, well, career change, midlife crisis, you know, go to a new school, get a new job, get, move to a new neighborhood, new city, you know, get new clothes, you know, get a new this, go see a new movie. I mean, come on. Everybody is looking for something new to change, to do something in their life. And it's a pursuit of vanity. It's, you're buying bread that's not going to satisfy Isaiah says, okay, what's going to satisfy is to go back to ground zero of your heart. And this ground zero place is basically, Lord, not my will, your will be done. It's Gethsemane. It's the olive press. It's that place where you don't want to do God's will, but you do God's will. Hallelujah. That is ground zero. That's when God does something new. Hallelujah. And it says in verse 19, behold, I do something new. Now it shall spring forth. We not be aware of it. And the sign of the rivers that are in the desert. So I personally, in going back to ground zero, repenting, getting back on my face early in the morning, worshiping him, I encourage you guys to do the same. Now it goes on and says, it says here in verse 44, chapter 44, excuse me, in verse 3, even as I pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground, so I'll pour out my spirit and your offspring, my blessings on your descendants. So we see here in the conjunctions, prepositions in Hebrew can be translated as this, even as I pour out water on the thirsty land, so will be the same corresponding measure I pour out my spirit. So massive flash floodings in the desert, so same corresponding move of the Holy Spirit coming upon not just us, but our children. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's exciting. Now there's some more things in Isaiah where he talks about doing something new. Look at Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 3. It says, I declared the former things long ago, and they went forth from my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass. So I'm not here to prophesy to you and say, okay, get ready, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, you know, and this, is, this president's going to be elected, and this person, you know, I've seen so many of those prophecies done, and it's almost like, you know, don't despise prophecy, because you start to despise, you start to get tired of these yahoos, these talking heads that prophesy things, and they never happen, okay? So instead, what we need to do, instead of looking for a prophetic specific word, look for a trend, that's happening in the scriptures and let God fulfill the specific by suddenly surprising us. Hallelujah, glory to God. So what I'm trying to say, there's a mega trend here. We see in the last days, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, these are just the beginning of the birth pangs. Um, men's hearts failing because of fear of the things coming in the earth. Um, the cares of life, the love of many waxing cold, false prophets, you know, all this stuff happening. And we can see that mega trend happening. And so what we need to do is forget the past and get ready for the new. Why? Because when God does something, verse 3, suddenly it's going to happen. So as we see this mega trend, as we see this slow tide building, and we see the boats, all the boats in the harbor starting to be lifted up, okay, that is the time for us to be ready on guard on the ramparts because God's going to do something suddenly. Woo, glory to God. Now it goes on as this here, because I know, verse 4, you're obstinate, your neck is an iron sinew, your forehead bronze. Therefore, I declared to you long ago, before they took place, I proclaimed them to you, lest you should say, my idol has done them, my graven image and my molten image have commanded them. Isn't that interesting? God is going to do something suddenly, hallelujah, to purposely keep the talking heads and the speculators 
and the economist and the politicians and the seeker-sensitive, okay, Winnie the Pooh message pastors and all these other agencies who act like they know it all, okay, to say, I'm going to do it so you guys don't, can't say you knew it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. In verse 6, have you heard? Look at all this. And you will not, will you not declare it? I proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known. That's what gets me so excited, that God is going to do something we've never seen before on planet Earth. The new and fresh. I love it. Verse 7, they are created now and not long ago. And before today, you have not heard them, lest you should say, behold, I knew them. You see, now it's not just all those other speculators, it's us. God does not want us to come to a place of pride. He resists the proud, gives grace and humble. He does not want us to say, well, I knew it. And if you look here at my prophecy of my email I sent out in 1950, you know, excuse me, it wasn't emails back then. <laughs> if I sent out my newsletter in 1953, uh, I predicted this would happen in Israel. And they said, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so good. So you get, get another falafel, another star on your shoulder. Okay, great, wonderful. No, this is not how we should be operating. We, it's good to be in a place of, I don't know. It's good to be in the place of, I'm not sure. It's good to be in the place of the deep darkness coming upon you like it did Abraham as God is walking amongst the sacrifices. It's good to be in the place of not knowing. Hallelujah. Why? So God can get all the glory. Glory to God, and we won't get the glory, and we won't get the diploma, and we won't get the accolades of man. Come on. And we won't be puffed up and lifted up in pride. He hides these things from the wise and intelligent, but gives them to the babes. Glory to God. And so this is what I'm trying to say is we get to the place that we want to forget all that we've learned, put everything behind us, don't ponder anymore. We become totally dependent on him like newborn babes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when he does something, we stand back in awe, praising him. Glory to God. And not one ounce of strength or verbiage goes out saying, oh, I knew this. I told this would happen. No. We will be stunned, amazed, and to give him all the glory because he's the one who deserves all the glory. That's why it says here, you have not heard of these things, lest you should say, behold, I knew them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, Folks, don't be going to all the internet portals trying to figure out what God's going to do. Rest in the fact that we prophesy in part, we know in part. Rest in the fact that the, the dark, secret things belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. That curiosity killed the cat. Okay, we're not supposed to try to be too curious about these realms. Let God do it. Hallelujah. Let He reveal His secret things to us. Hallelujah. That it may startle us and keep us humble. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It goes on and says here, in this place it says, verse 8, You have not heard, you have not known, even from long ago your ear has not been open, because I knew that you would deal very treacherously. You've been called a rebel from birth. For the sake of my name I will delay my wrath, and for my praise I will restrain it for you in order not to cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will act. For how can my name be profaned and my glory I will not give to another? So God knows who's rebels and who isn't. Okay, and God's putting people through testing. 
And some testing is to refine us like silver so we can be objects of, of worship to him. And other times of testing, he's testing some people, not that they would be cleansed, but testing him because he knows that, that they are rebels and will never change. Interesting, huh? And he goes on and says here, I'll not give my praise or my glory to another. So the purpose of God doing something new, hallelujah, is to glorify his splendid and magnificent name. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Now, for those of you that are witnessing to unsaved Jewish people, verse 16 is just awesome. It brings forth the Trinity here in the book of Isaiah. Verse 16, it says, Come near to me, listen to this. From the first, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it took place, I was there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his Spirit. So what we have here is the Lord God. We have the Spirit and sent me. And this person, me, the second person of the Godhead here, is not the prophet Isaiah. It's the Lord Jesus himself because it's talking about from the first time it took place. Okay? So here we see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the book of Isaiah. Glory to God. And right after that it says, verse 17, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commandments then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Glory to God. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Brother and sisters, this is incredible poetic, prophetic inspiration from the prophet Isaiah. Hallelujah. So again, I encourage you to understand that God is doing something new. It's not seen before. We've not heard of it before. So nobody out there can say, Oh, I knew it. And so our job is to go back to ground zero of our hearts. Hallelujah. That place, the seat of our emotions, and yield to him. Be aware that he is doing something new. And like little kids waiting for their gifts on Hanukkah or Christmas, hallelujah, so to speak. Little kids, we need to be at any moment God could birth forth this new thing. And surprises, woo, suddenlies begin to happen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, in that place of being back to ground zero, the next thing that we need to do is found in Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. Incredible prophetic oratory of the Apostle Paul and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it says here in verse 17 of Romans 16, I urge you, Brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you have learned and turn away from them. So we need to keep our eye open, okay, for those who are causing uh, factions, dissensions. Uh, why? Because every demonic work is, is found where there's strife and dissension, James says. Every demonic work, okay, it's not the wisdom from above, but the wisdom from below. So there's this natural, demonic, earthly wisdom that comes up from the earth, from the regions of hell, and the first tag on it, the first you know, color markings you can see on this spirit of the world, this wisdom of the earth, is strife and division and factions, okay? So you want to keep your eye on, on that spirit because it, that, that spirit gets in you, gets inside of you like a tapeworm. It'll start eating away, okay? And that offense and that unforgiveness will grow inside of you. And that division, that faction. 
And before you know it, you're going to miss the new thing God's doing. But you've got a tapeworm of deceit living inside of you. Folks, it's time to flush yourselves, to forgive freely as he's forgiven us, and keep your eyes open in the last days, okay? For the terrors among the weak. Keep your eyes open for those that are like clouds without water. Keep your eyes open that are love feast, okay? That core reefs in our love feast. Hidden reefs, okay? The book of Jude talks about wandering stars of darkness, messengers of, of darkness disguised as angels of light. And the way we can do that is by keeping pure. You know, it says in Second Corinthians 11 that Paul was weeping that the believers would stay in the simplicity and purity of devotion to the Messiah. That's the key, not to be deceived by the angel of light in this hour. Anyway, Romans 16 and verse 18, the second people that we can tell that are these ones that we need to turn away from that cause dissensions and hindrances, uh, such men are slaves, okay, but not of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, but of their own appetites. And the little Greek word here is their own belly. Interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Could it be, brothers and sisters, and, you know, if you get offended by this, I just want you to deal with it. You know that I love you. You go to a dentist and he inflicts pain to fix your teeth and you don't get up and get mad at him and run off. You go to the doctor, okay, to get a wart burned off your finger and you don't get up and punch him because it hurts. Okay, I mean, come on. So why do you get offended if we try to tell you the truth right now? If you are carrying inordinate amounts of weight, if your body fat index is way above normal range, okay? If you find yourself eating excessively, okay? Drinking soda excessively. You find yourself in a place of maybe not obesity, but you find comfort in food. You find comfort in sweets. You find comfort, okay? And hanging out and eating food, then could it be that Jesus is no longer your pinpoint of slavery, but now we can pinpoint the ground zero that really what you're a slave to is your own appetite or your own belly. And if that's the case, you need to make radical circumcision of your heart right now. Radical evasive maneuvers, okay? Paul says, I buffet my body I beat it, I bruise it, okay? And make it my slave, lest after I preach to others, I myself should be ca cast away. Now, brothers and sisters, this is some heavy words because, as I've told before, from John Hopkins University, their school of medicine came out and said the next few years, over 70% of America alone will be overweight, and of that 75% or 70%, I don't have an article in front of me. Over 40% will be obese. So we're talking about half our country that are in slavery to their belly. And this is dangerous here, brothers and sisters, okay? Because not only do we have to watch out for those who cause dissensions and strife, but those are the same people causing dissensions and strife who are, who are regulated by their appetite instead of being regulated by the Holy Ghost. It's important right now. If I can lose 25 kilos, you can do it also. If I can discipline myself 
not because of I wanted cosmetic changes, okay, I want to look more healthier, or if the doctor scared the snot out of me and said, unless I got in shape, I was going to die soon, or, you know, all those other motivating factors. I motivated myself because, number one, I wanted to be a mobile tabernacle of war for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I wanted my body to be an instrument, a weapon. Hallelujah. Second, I had never heard a message on how to bruise your body. Paul says, I bruise, I buffet my body. Most people's only buffeting they do is when they go to the Sunday buffet down the street, okay, for lunch. We're not talking about that. We're talking about buffeting our bodies, making it our slave, okay? So do not be deceived in these last days. It goes on and says, for such men are slaves, not of the Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want to be deceived right now. Let's start here at ground zero. Ground zero. Paul is warning us that there's going to be people that spread strife, earthly wisdom, demonic wisdom. Okay, these are men and women that are not slaves of the Lord Jesus, even though they may appear and say all the right things, but they are slaves of themselves. Okay, and they'll start using smooth and flattering speech to deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. You've got to be suspect. You've got to test everything in this hour because God is doing something new in our midst. We need to hold on to what is good in this hour and eschew every appearance of evil. So, and again, some people may get offended by this, but take it to heart because I love you. That's why I'm saying it. I was in Bulgaria and pastor of the church many years ago when I was preaching there. He used to be the leader of the underground church in that part of Sofia, Bulgaria. And he told me that how they could tell the false Christians or the KGB plants that would come and try to imprison them in their secret meetings. Um, there was an old Bulgarian proverb they lived by which said, never trust a fat man. Interesting. Why? Because in Bulgarian communist, um, in the 70s, the only fat people were the KGB or the mafia. They were the only ones that had the food. And so it was kind of funny the way he said it, but it's so much truth. Never trust a fat person because they're either KGB or they're a mafia. Now, let's put that today. We have a lot of people today that are uh, their God is their belly, that their zone of anointing is their comfort level. Well, how comfortable they feel is how they perceive the anointing. When two-thirds of God's word is for rebuke and correction, only one-third for edification. Okay, so if most of your life is built on an edification word, then we're, you're going to be deceived, okay? You're going to be unsuspecting. You're going to be hoodwinked by those who are much more craftier than you think. The devil is like a snake. He's, he's craftier than any other beast or creature that's in the garden, okay? And it looks like he gets a hold of people that do not have control of their appetite, whose God is their belly, and it's through them that he'll speak this smooth and flattering speech, okay, and enslave people. Interesting, isn't it? So again, this is another admonition to lose weight, glory to God, to control what you eat, and let God be your appetite, not your belly. Amen? Hallelujah. Now it goes on and says here, For the report of your obedience has reached all, verse 19, Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. And the God of Shalom will soon crush Satan 
under your feet. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Let me read to you what the Greek uh, uh, linguistic key, the Greek New Testament says. In verse 17, talking about hindrances, it says, uh, watch out, scrutinize, or mark those who cause divisions. Okay? Avoid them. Uh, these people here that are slaves, not the Lord Jesus, but of their own appetite, the linguistic key, Greek New Testament says, for smooth and flattering speech, it says here, um, plausible speech, fair and insinuating priests. Um, Praise, uh, fine speaking, well-chosen, words of false elegancy or flattery. Okay? It's coming out of these people that are led by their belly and taste buds instead of by the Spirit of God. And it goes on and says here that we are to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. Interesting. Linguistic key says here that we're to be people that are pure or without evil, innocent, like babes again, like a virgin, when it comes to evil. Okay, And so the, the main gate is entertainment. You can shut down all that entertainment garbage coming in your mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can keep your mind in a place of pristine virginity and in a place of not being conformed to this world where you're able to offer your body as a living sacrifice, Romans 12 says. Hallelujah. It goes on and says here that the word here for being uh, wise in what is good or innocent, excuse me, what is innocent and what is evil, the word innocent here means to be simple, unsophisticated, unmixed. You don't need to be sophisticated in knowing what people do in darkness. You don't need to be sophisticated in knowing all these secret heresy, all these secret, you know, government things, all these secrets, all these spy secret novels, you know. You know, it grieves my spirit, agitates me. I try to watch Fox News every once in a while and see what's happening with abomination in America. And they have, you know, Gretchen and then they're always going into the these murder trials and I've had enough of this garbage with O.J. Simpson. Why do I need to go into all the gory details? That's not the justice system. That's the enemy polluting our minds, people fascinated with death, okay? All these forensic police series shows on TV. Everybody's fascinated with death, okay? The dark realm. And the Bible says we're supposed to be unsophisticated. We're supposed to be simple with it about that realm. We're not supposed to even really know that realm. We're even supposed to speak of those things. And what that does, I know that's going to hurt a lot of people's pride right now because they're in their entertainment too much, listening to that garbage. Okay, But the purpose of that is verse 20, and the God of Shalom will crush Satan under your feet. Now, I want Satan to be crushed under my feet continually. Hallelujah. Glory to God, especially here in the Middle East. We've got more demonized serial killers you can imagine running around here, F fanatics, Islam, weird religious people. Okay, we got a crazy man in Iran, in the north, Hezbollah and Hamas, all threatening liquidation, all, all serial killers, okay? They're all crazy, demonized. And uh, I need the God of peace in this hour. 
And it says here in Philippians, how do we have the God of peace be with us? It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Messiah Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good report, anything of excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. And, Paul says, you practice these things, the God of Shalom shall be with you. Now, I want the God of Shalom to be with me, not just to give me a comfort level in my brain, intoxication of the heavenly aspect, okay? But I want the God of peace to be with me so he can crush Satan under my, under my feet. And how does the God of peace be with us? Well, we've got to think of things that are honorable, right, pure, lovely, anything worthy of praise, excellence. And folks, I just, don't, I, I just can't find that stuff on the majority of TV programming, on box office, on movies. You know, that's why I always seem to have a... A contention, okay, a a a fight with with younger believers, especially teenagers, because they are so consumed with the internet and with movies as a part of their life, okay, and we're trying to warn them, and music too, and warn them that hey, you you are not going to have victory over Satan by having your mind polluted. You got to have the God of peace with you, and that's by having a purified mind. Paul says. So again, let's re- I'll read this to you from Romans 16, verse 19. The report of your obedience is reached to all. Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you. I want you to be wise in what is good, innocent or unsophisticated in what is evil. And the God of Shalom will soon crush Satan under your feet. And I love this word, the Greek linguistic key. It says to rub together, to crush. God will throw him under your feet that you may trample upon him. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. God will throw him under your feet that you may trample upon him. Think about that, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. The ability to move in purity and holiness. Hallelujah. And this place of virginity in our minds and skewing every form of evil thinking on the things that are pure and lovely and good. I know I'm speaking to people out there. Don't touch this dial. Don't touch this pause button. Don't touch your mouse right now. Hallelujah. Don't click off what you're hearing. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Allow the God of Shalom to work through a filtered, purified mind. Hallelujah. Woo! Now, I used to have an RO filter when I was in the States at an aquarium. And uh, it wasn't just the RO membrane from Japan or Germany that had a rejection rate of over 99% of the impurities in the water. We still went through a pre-filter, a sediment pre-filter, and a post-filter. And if you really want to get laboratory-grade water, then we would have a deionized system after that. So you have a pre-filter, you got your carbon, you got your RO, reverse osmosis membrane through pressure going through their 60 PSI or so. And then you've got it shooting out, which is pretty good water already coming out. But then the final touch is the deionized part, chamber. To really clean up that water so it's pure laboratory-grade water. Glory to God. And this is where God wants to get to right now. We've been, listen, we, we, we walk in this place of, of, of wanting Jesus to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank God for his blood and power. Hallelujah. And uh, we thank God that the mercy seat is available to us. But there comes a time in your walk 
where God requires obedience. Hallelujah. And all this bawling and squalling and crying out to him is a result of not God, but ourselves afflicting us. Okay, God uh, has been warning us by his gentle whisper, and we start to compromise. We start to get to a place of becoming a friend of the world and therefore an enemy of God. We become the place that we lift ourselves up in pride. So God has no other choice but to send messengers with prophetic word. If, they don't, if we don't listen to them, then God will put us into the desert of his choosing to dismantle us till we come to a place, if we're a rebel, we, we curse him and leave him, okay? Or if we truly love him, we come to a place saying, oh God, forgive me, not my will, your will be done. Hallelujah. And it is in that place he moves us away from being a slave to self and said to be a slave to him. Hallelujah. Now, no longer are we controlled by our appetite, by our taste buds, by our comfort zone. We're only wanting to do his will. And as Paul said at the end of his life, forgetting what lies behind, I press forward what lies ahead. We forget all the good and all the bad of our life. And we come back to that pristine environment, ground zero, and say, God, not my will, your will, your will be done. And in that process, hallelujah, where you've allowed the enemy into your life, okay? Or maybe God is, sees you righteous like Job and has allowed the enemy to, to test you. Whatever, fine. But it's in that place you begin to not listen to the accolades of men. You, don't, you begin to guard your mind from entertainment, from impurity. Everything, anything that is not worthy of praise, worthy to dwell on. You don't dwell on those things. Instead, you dwell on the pure and the simple and the lovely. Hallelujah. And it's in that place you become unsophisticated according to evil, but very sophisticated and wise according to what is good. And the God of Shalom will throw Satan under your feet for you to trample on him. Hallelujah. And that has been our message for years now. And the level of trampling that we're in right now is a regional trampling upon serial murderers, devils, demon-possessed, okay, terrorists, bloodthirsty, probably the most demonized people on planet Earth are these serial terrorist murderers, okay, that it's not about just killing soldiers thereafter, killing Jewish soldiers, American soldiers, but we're talking about killing innocent civilians and babies, etc., and it's in this place God wants us to operate in the spirit of justice and let him work through us to silence the enemy. Now, it's beautiful here in Psalm 72, as we start to wind up here, this wonderful podcast for you guys. It says here in Psalm 72, in verse 12, For he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also in him who has no helper. He will have compassion on the poor and the needy, and the lives of needy he will save. Now, everybody is running to help Haiti, and I'm not saying anything against that. I support that. When it happened, I told Dalit, I want to go to Haiti and help. I have friends that do ministry. One friend in spe- uh, specific who um, has spent many, many months and years, every year, going into Haiti and doing revival services and just loves being there and told me, uh, the, the ministry that they have been doing there for years and years, that of all the countries he's been to, the most demonized manifestations he's ever seen in the meetings is in Haiti. Okay? So here is a poor country, uh, a, a godless country, 
And for those who are listening that know the French language, God needs you on the front lines because the most, some of the most darkest demonized places on earth speak French, okay? Haiti, Quebec, France, Belgium, Central Africa. They need people, hallelujah, that know French. Oh, God wants to use you, hallelujah. You can reach a, a huge segment of the French-speaking world, Lebanon, North Africa, if you know French, hallelujah. Glory to God. Anyway, so we see here that a lot of people are motivated through compassion, um, through sorrow, uh, to help in Haiti. And wonderful, we need to keep doing that, okay? But when, when, what kind of, I want to throw out to you is that we're always going to have the poor with us. We're always going to have these problems, especially in these last days, earthquakes and tsunamis and famine and plagues, okay? But the scriptures um, point out another group that we need to center in on that I don't see enough people centering in on as believers. All these churches are making great drives to help in Haiti, and it's wonderful and great. But what about these poor and needy that the psalmist is talking about, okay? A psalm of Solomon and David here that says this, he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also, and him he has no helper. He'll have compassion on the poor and needy, and the lives and needy he will save. Is he talking about people in a drought-stricken area? He's talking about people in a famine, earthquake, war-torn area? He's talking about people under the threat of terrorism. Interesting, isn't it? I wish, pray that the same mobility, the same energy, the same communication, the same um, self selfness, that people pouring themselves in to help in Haiti, they would also help in what this next verse says here, which is going to shock some people right now. It says here, he will rescue their life from oppression and violence and their blood will be very precious in his sight. So what is so precious in God's sight? Who are these needy? Who are these poor? Who are these afflicted crying out for help? It says those that are under oppression and violence, and the Hebrew word for violence is Hamas here. The very name in Arabic of the Iranian-backed Hamas, or terror organization, that's its whole charter is to destroy and kill Israel, a bloodthirsty serial murderers, okay, inspired, who are just puppets of the anti-Semitic demons from hell. And so what we see here, that God wants us to have great compassion on those that are under this spirit of fear of terrorism, and violence, okay? The Hebrew word is Hamas here. And their blood being shed is very precious in God's sight. Verse 15, it says, So may they live, and may the gold of Shiva be given to him. Wow, that's incredible. So we see that the gold of Sheba, the gold of the world system, so to speak, coming into God's people in his last hour, is directly hinged on those who have compassion for the poor and needy, it's all great. Ethiopia, Haiti, different environments of the world, no problem. I understand that, and I'm all for it. Okay? However, we need to not forget what this context of the Scripture is. The context, the ground zero context of this Scripture is those who are suffering under Hamas terrorism. Okay? And right now, currently, the current situation here in Israel, as I speak to my personal contacts that are officers in special units, is that there is um, a big, big concern 
now that new missiles have come into the Hamas and Hezbollah hands, that they are targeting uh, not military sites, but Tel Aviv, innocent communities of civilians, okay? And those that wrote uh, Ashdod, Ashkelon, that lived last year um, under the threat of missiles, it's, it's something that's surreal. You have to be in it to experience it, to understand that the whole, these, are, these are weapons of terror. These are not military weapons, okay? And the main financier behind Hamas Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah in the north, is Iran. So the prince of Persia is stirred up. He's bloodthirsty. He wants to destroy Israel. It's the same as what Hitler said. But now, um, according to reports, uh, it looks like America, the main hindrance to keep Israel from attacking Iran, attacking Hezbollah and Hamas in greater form, is unfortunately America. The president administration of America is the one that's turning the screws on Israel, that's ratcheting up the torque wrench on us to keep us, okay, from doing what needs to be done. And what needs to be done is, first of all, prayer be lifted up that either God sends an earthquake and swallows up those underground nuclear reactors in Iran, or the Israeli IDF goes in and takes them out themselves. It does not look like right now that our current administration has the guts and the backbone to do that. They're going through appeasement. And right now, even as I speak, the leaders of Israel are meeting with European leaders to talk about something to do besides just sanctions because Iran is moving toward a nuclear weapon very, very soon, much quicker than people want to admit. And they are, without a doubt, um, bringing fear not just to Israel, but also to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and other Jordan and other moderate Arab states who do not have their type of Islamic religion. So what, what I'm trying to move at is that we're under the threat of this Hamas, this violence, this terror. And we need to become people just like the Israeli, wonderful Israeli IDF surgeons and volunteers that were the first on the ground in Haiti, and the first ones to get things operating, and were able to mobilize a on-site hospital and take care of many victims and deliver many dozens of babies there, and much quicker than other nations because Israel has more experience in this area because, unfortunately, of the intifadas and the wars, but also because of what's coming in the near future. So we are under the threat of terrorism, we're under the threat of Hamas, we're under the threat of war. Even now, uh, we understand that Syria has mobilized its reserves uh, as a show of strength in the north. Um, They're training right now uh, Hezbollah guerrillas to shoot down Israeli planes with new Russian uh, uh, ground-to-air missiles and also to take over northern Israeli cities, believe it or not. So these people are, are, are... wagging their tongues for war, and we are without a doubt moving toward a Gog-Magog situation. Um, This brings into clearer view the vision I had when I first came to Israel was I was sitting in a Hebrew class and suddenly we're all singing, Behold how good and pleasant it is, Psalms 133. 
for those who dwell together in unity. And I began to feel the anointing and looked around the classroom and students from all the different nations coming back to our, our original homeland of our fathers, hallelujah. And suddenly I had this open vision of missiles raining down upon Israel. Okay? And it shook me. And I knew right away that as soon as the anointing starts to build and God's spirit begins to move around his ancient people, hallelujah, Satan attacks. And of course, we're in a situation here where I've talked to different special forces and they said, we don't want to stay here. We're actually going to take our families and move to Europe or America soon. I'm like, what? What for? Because we don't see any really defense against what Iran wants to bring against us in the future. And I said to myself, well, it's like the only people will be hanging out here that are willing to stay here. And if they can't leave, uh, are those who are going to have faith in God. And so that's the umbrella. That's what's happening here in the Middle East. There's wars and rumors of wars. And in the midst of all this, these huge rivers break out in Israel. Hallelujah. According to Isaiah 43. So without a doubt, we're in a new move of God's spirit. And God's not going to be uh, held hostage by Iranian dictator or by the prince of the power there of Persia, Iran. Um, he who sits in the heavens and laughs. But without a doubt, we're moving into that time of wars and rumors of wars. And the word on the street is Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog is what we're moving into. So brothers and sisters, spiritually speaking, in terms, God has called us here. It's through this message now, living in this deionized purity, glory to God, we're able to take on terrorism. And you can see all those testimonies that are listed on our website, glory to God, and the past emails. And it's very exciting. And they're continuing. I'm excited about what's going to happen this weekend, blowing the shofar on the Egyptian border again. But I've noticed, as of late, the last uh, you know six, seven months, that the enemy has not been attacking us directly but has been wreaking havoc in our supply lines. And our supply line is this, is you, our friends and partners, uh, we've traveled for 30 years, ministering revival, teaching in your churches, your congregations, your conferences, your home Bible studies, one-on-one, hallelujah. We have a lot of great memories of being with you guys. And we would always share, hey, we're moving to Israel in the future. Dalit and I, we're going to move to Israel. And so when the time came, glory to God, we had some secret partners step up and purchase a house for us over here, and we appreciate that. But for whatever reason, it seems the enemy has been attacking our supply line the last six months. And the supply line being all these churches and believers that, oh, you brother Scott, we're behind you. We want to support you monthly. We believe in what you're doing. Hallelujah. And for whatever reason, Havoc has has reached their houses or their finances, or they've just uh, innocently forgot about us. And so we're here in a situation uh, this January that we need a certain amount of money and we're down to our last bit of money right now for uh, operational expenses. We have it listed here as 105000 what is needed to f- fulfill the current budget and the current uh, uh, acts of kindness, opening eyes of blindness projects we're doing. And brothers and sisters, I encourage you, don't let the enemy wreak havoc in your supply line. Hallelujah. It takes two to be a missionary, one to go and one to pay. Hallelujah. So we're here. And the enemy does not want us to be here. The enemy cannot attack me directly. Glory to God, because God throws him under my feet where we can 
trash them out with our feet. Hallelujah. So what he does is he attacks our supply line. He attacks our friends and partners to either forget about us or wreaks havoc in their ministry and their lives or their, their businesses to keep the supply from going here because the enemy would rather have me leave Israel and travel, leave my family here, and disengage from the pioneering works that we're doing here and all the glory that's been given to his name and to go back and to travel and service people safe. Nothing wrong with traveling and servicing and going to different churches, but right now is the time for us to build out a place here and build out a viable center and raise up leaders, hallelujah, and see revival. We're, we're here pioneering for a future revival coming in Israel, promising the scriptures, and now we're closer than ever before with these flash floods breaking out. So I encourage you, go back in, take this time of year and say, Lord, what would you have us do to bless Israel, um, to help Scott and Dalit fulfill uh, the mandate of bringing rivers in the desert to this land and to the peoples of this land. Glory to God. And to fight terrorism. Hallelujah. And there's a promise that God will give you the gold of Sheba. There's a promise here. God is going to bless you for hearing the cries. And, and I hear the cries of the people here. And I'm encouraging you to open up your heart and don't let the enemy wreak havoc. Uh, go back and you can go online and do a monthly donation, one-time donation of your credit card. You can send a check or money order to our office which is listed here at the end of the broadcast in Alpharetta, Georgia. Um, glory to God. We want to keep this ministry debt-free, and we want to stay in Israel as much as possible and not have to travel fundraising. We want to be able to bring in this $105,000 and meet all the current operations that we've been doing. And glory to God. We need your help in this hour. And we thank God for our partners and friends out there that have been giving um, if you're in a situation, you want to double check on your credit card, make sure it doesn't expire soon. And therefore, unknowingly, uh, your monthly donations are held up. If you want to, maybe you're giving $50, you want to increase it to $60 or $100, whatever. Maybe there's 10 people out there that can give uh, $10,000 each. Maybe there's 100 people that can give $1,000 each. And we can bring in this $100,000 and and. and and really launch forward into some really exciting territory. Now, you say, well, why should I give to your ministry versus others? Well, you know, of course, you need to be spirit-led. But uh, there's something, I don't know a whole lot of ministries doing counterterrorism right now. I don't know a whole lot of ministries that are really um, doing the things that God's told us to do here with the special forces and et cetera. But I do know this, that the scripture says that the Corinthian church was had come behind in their giving. They didn't come behind in the gifts and the move of the Spirit, but they had come behind in their giving. And so Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and uses the idea of the Macedonian believers. And the Macedonian believers um, begged Paul to be a part of the offering for Israel. And it says their poverty was abject. They are in imminent danger of real starvation. They didn't have two dimes necessarily to rub together. But they begged Paul, they pleaded, they begged Paul not to receive an offering, but the ability to give an offering because they knew the grace of the Lord Jesus. And that's what we're asking people. You know, Dalit and I, we've given everything. Our last 30 years of our life, our time, our family, and we're now centered in on Israel. We've given everything. We're down to the last bit right now. Hallelujah. We've given everything personally we, we own, we've had, we have stored up. Everything's been given into this work to survive here in Israel. 
And we're doing it not because uh, out of obligation, but because of love, because of the grace of the Lord Jesus. You know, we've, we've given to different ministries here. We've given to different um, special force units. We've given to uh, different people to, uh, to get them into a place where, hallelujah, God's will can be done in this land. I can't get too specific about those things. And we're excited about that. And it's the grace. And all we're asking is that our partners and friends would, would emulate, would mirror that same generosity, would just give themselves for Israel's salvation. I wouldn't ask you to do something that we ourselves wouldn't do or haven't done. We're all in this together because it's his love is motivating us to give ourselves, to give our resources, our time, our energies, our talents, to see Israel saved in this hour. Hallelujah. What a joy it is to move in the grace and the generosity of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The effervescence, glory to God, of giving. May it break out inside of you as you hear this broadcast. And uh, again, say, give us emails. Uh, stay updated. Go to our homepage. Look at the Twitter. And if you need some things to uh, excite you, we've got some encouraging uh, new signs and wonders photos listed, uh, some old videos that are we're recycling up on the homepage that will really just help you in your warrior training. Glory to God. And also to keep your body fit, we got another Spirit-Filled Fitness podcast, a part two, Secrets of a Spirit-Filled Fitness, coming out to you. God bless you guys. Let's keep in touch. Love you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. 
Father, I'm coming, running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.